All right, welcome to episode three, season one of JK Not Really. Last episode, we started to talk about reflecting on the past years Mm -hmm. with 2022, 2021, and the season of change. Yeah, when when you were homeless. (laughs) Yeah. I'm not kidding. You were legitimately had no place to live, which again, we can laugh about it now. In that moment, it was not funny, but that's just our dark humor that we talked about on episode one that you're going to get. I can now joke about the fact that you were homeless. Oh, yeah. Now it's pretty comical to say I was homeless when I was 27 years old after planning my wedding and got my last dress fitting. Hilarious. And then four months before my wedding, everything was called off and I had no place to live. Shocker. (laughs) Which, again, is only funny now. What wasn't funny and I think is a really powerful moment was when I got the text from you about the headlights. Can you take everyone back to that moment? Because I feel like that was pretty pivotal for me as your best friend, for you individually. That's when like, for me, when I read that, I remember looking at my husband and being like, we have to help. Yeah. Um, During that time, I was back in my old home in Colorado and it was just me by myself. And I got to the point that I was so terrified that I didn't know when my ex at the time was going to show up at the house, that I was living in the house that I paid for with all the lights off, downstairs watching TV by myself and every single headlight that turned into the development. I got this pure tense feeling of anxiety and needing extra help. And, and fear, is that fair to say? I mean, you're literally sitting in darkness. I think that's crazy that I didn't even state that just right now because how intense that feeling was that it's still difficult for me to recognize how fearful I was mm-hmm. living my life. Because when I got that text from you, so you actually texted me the next morning and you told me, this is how it's been the past couple nights for me. I've been sitting in darkness. Every time I see headlights, I'm almost numb. Numb. The fact that my OCD just increased with making sure every single door window was locked. And that I had like essentially an escape route. Like, what am I going to do? And so you texted me and you were like, I need you to come over. We're going to pack up all of my stuff. Can I please keep it in your office? Which to my husband and I was a no brainer. Like absolutely you could move your stuff in, but we did not have any packing supplies. We didn't have any plan. And I remember just, you came and picked me up and my husband knew the plan just in case anything happened. And didn't we like find like Christmas boxes or something? I don't even know what we were even using. Oh my gosh. It was just the start of summer and i was just looking for any type of box that i had at that house to pack my things in that i cared about that i wanted and we pretty much just divided and conquered which is crazy because we love to talk we started a freaking podcast yeah we could never shut up (laughs) and when you came over that day and we probably only stated 10 words to one another within a time frame of two and a half three hours it's crazy to think back on Like you were upstairs, I was in the kitchen, 
Yeah. I remember just, I pretty much knew things that were yours and I was just grabbing anything I could and stuffing them into boxes and labeling and taping as fast as I possibly could. And I remember I opened up your, your, um, your cabinet and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to get all her wine glasses. It's needed but again, the wine glasses. That's like out of all the things in that house, that's pretty much <laughs> top three in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> and, but we didn't have anything, no packing peanuts. So I was like, you know, I bet she has some fuzzy socks that could buffer the clatter between these wine glasses. So I remember running up to your room, grabbing your fuzzy socks and shoving your wine glasses, which is hysterical because two months later you're at my house <laughs> and you come up and it was cold. It was winter. And you were like, I just, I know I had all these fuzzy socks, but I can't find them. I go, I know exactly where they are. Go check the box labeled wine glasses. And you were like, are you serious? I go, Casey, it, I was grabbing at anything to get out of there as fast as humanly possible. So yes, I'm absolutely serious. And that's where my fuzzy socks were. Like I was about to go to Target to buy fuzzy socks because I had no idea where they were. But that also goes to show like it was contained chaos, but it was chaos. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So you went downstairs just looking through like the kitchen, what you thought I would want and knowing me. And I was upstairs. And I think there was a moment that you didn't hear me for a little bit which is like sending off my radars because i'm in such like a protective state at this point because i finally welcomed you into my life officially and i what i think it's important to know if you are close to someone or if you have a loved one that's been a victim of domestic violence it's crazy how little you know mm -hmm. And I genuinely went into that house that day, not thinking I was going to learn anything. I thought I had a fairly good understanding of what was happening. Well, we knew each other since college. Like yeah. we talked about, we were best friends. And so I thought, you know, it's going to be tough, but there's not going to be anything revealed to me. Nothing's going to take me by surprise and how wrong I was when I came mm -hmm. up those stairs and found you. Yeah, I mean, this is just an opener. You found me. I remember like just standing in my closet, just staring at my clothes. And I remember, you know what, thinking, this is the time. She's here. I need to expose. And I commend you so much for doing so. I remember staring then at what you were staring at. And the clothes, the shoes, the accessories looked like they belonged to a different person. Like I've known you for a fairly long time. I would have never picked those articles of clothing for you to wear. And I never saw you wear them, which was also really disturbing to me because I was like, there's so much and I've never seen her in them. So how much is going on that I don't know? Yeah. And that was a realization for you in that moment. And for me, it was just like how much I changed my life because packing up the house, I was thinking, what am I going to grab? What do I want to keep with me? And once I saw those clothes, I knew immediately that this is what I want to stay in this house. I don't want to bring this into my new chapter of my life, but recognizing, wait, I became that person for a little bit, which was so scary. And it's just like, still out of shoes. It was tight dresses. I'm like, that's just not me. like hoochie mama. Yeah. Like hitting the club. Uh-huh. And it's crazy for you to say that you never saw me wear those outfits. No. And we hung out a lot. Mm -hmm. 
So I think that just like states more of a fact that you truly don't know what is going into every single relationship. No. And I also reaffirmed what a fine line I was on as one of your best friends, because I quickly over time started to realize if I push too far, if I ask too many specific questions, if I offer my perspective, my opinion too much, I'm shut out too. I'm going to be just another friendship casualty amongst mm-hmm. a landmine of them for you. So it's, mm-hmm. again, when you're a loved one, when your loved one is a victim, it's almost like this, this dance you have to play. Like I would only give a little because I knew if I gave too much, I would lose you. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like that moment I was like, okay, now I can be honest with her. Now I can tell her what I'm really thinking because you've just opened up and revealed to me the truth of a lot that I did not know, which then enabled me to reveal the truth of how I felt. Yeah. And just to speak more of that, um, and like till this day, I still struggle stating that I'm a victim. However, having a victim mentality is that when your friends are speaking like this isn't right you should move you should get out of the relationship in that state of mind as a victim you acknowledge it but also you feel as if there's no other place to move and then all of a sudden you start texting your friends more you start going outside more and then your partner starts to realize hey they're acting different what's going on who are you talking to and then cats out in the bag that's not a real friend they're manipulating us. They're trying to tear a relationship. It's such a mind fuck. And like, I mean, I'm a therapist and for this to happen to me, I think should speak loudly to others that this can happen to anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy that I was finally able to open up to you and to be vulnerable with you and for you to do the same because remember the amount of sticky notes you found in that house? Oh, I <laughs> once, once it was oh, we're doing this thing and we're not hiding our feelings to each other as friends anymore. I was like, I will be damned if she's going to leave little notes of clarification and apology notes. I remember looking at you and being like, I'm sorry, you're giving clarification? You? So basically you're saying you don't deserve any because you know you're not going to get it. I remember looking at you being like, where's your note? Which is crazy because like, in that time frame, I still thought that he was a good person. I thought that he could change. I thought that we could fix it. Because in that moment, I was justifying his behaviors. Mm-hmm. I was justifying everything where you literally just saw X plus Y equals Z. This is what's happening, Casey. Mm-hmm. And I'm so grateful that you were able to say, get rid of this. You hand me the sticky note. And I literally had to rip it in front of you and throw it in the trash. Because I wanted you to prove it to me. I was like, I know she'll go back in there the second I go back downstairs. Uh-huh. And it was very, very hard in that moment. Granted, I was a little like pedoed at you. Oh, you were, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> I think that's the understanding. I knew that you were. And I was like, I'm going to stand here and watch you rip it to shreds because I know once I go back downstairs in that kitchen, you're going to go in that trash can. You're going to put it in a different place and make me think that I didn't see it. Yep. And I'm so grateful that you did that. I was like, we are in the trenches together now and you jump, I jump. Yeah. And I remember taking, so it was a notebook that I had and I remember tearing off a piece and that's how I used to write the notes. Fast forward six months later, I came to that ripped piece of paper 
And I was just like, holy shit. I am so happy you dug your feet in and told me that we're not leaving anything. And it was not easy. No. I was scared because, again, I I still knew mm-hmm. if he were to catch you and you were having a, a rough day, you were going to be right back in. Mm-hmm. And I had to be still so careful. Mm-hmm. But I just felt in that moment, I was like, she wouldn't have invited me in here if she subconsciously didn't want some form of validation or pushback. Mm-hmm. It's scary because I was hiding four and a half years of my life. And then to finally open it up a little bit, <laughs> it takes a lot. And there are people right now in this situation. And I just want to emphasize that your safety is what matters the most. And if you are going through a breakup, if you're trying to get out of a relationship, I highly, highly suggest that you cut off all forms of communication. If you need to text about finances, if you need to uh, communicate about splitting property or anything, do it via email or text messages. Because if you call, if you hear their voice, if you meet in person, all these emotions are going to come to you, especially if your abuser is a narcissist. Because they know how to manipulate you. They strategize every single conversation and how to flip your brain. If you can't do a text or email and you have to call them, record. Paper trail. You need a paper trail. And it's one of the most hardest things, but I finally realized that I need to put myself first. And I knew if I picked up that phone again, I would be looped back in and I didn't do all this work for nothing. Speaking of work, so that was your 21 going into 22. (laughs) Yeah. In that 14 minute time span that we kind of can smush it into. Now you're sitting in for sadly one of the last times, but I don't want to downgrade how beautiful it has been. You are sitting in your apartment my own apartment that i found by myself paid for by myself your furnishing your style i remember how fun that was going to target with you because even down to the decor in that house was Mm -hmm. not you so i remember it was so fun going to target with you and you were like oh i love this these earthy tones and i was like what about a pattern sheet like let's be bold let's get crazy casey (laughs) like you can pick out pattern sheets now And it's crazy when I'm sure someone hears that, that that's a big deal. Patterned sheets. Patterned sheets and earthy tones are a big deal. (laughs) Going food shopping for myself for the first time, that was a big deal because I was in the food store picking out items that I wanted. I didn't have to think about anybody else. I didn't have to meal prep for anybody else. I didn't have to sacrifice my food, my nutrition for someone else. Which was your norm. Yep. So a lot of big changes. I know. Can we talk about how this is one of your last times in this apartment and what that's like? Bittersweet. It really is. Um, I highly suggest if you can live by yourself, do it. it. Walking into this apartment by myself with no dogs, with nobody else, just pure silence. 
it was so scary, but I got into a habit. I got into a routine. I knew what Casey wanted to do. And it was the most exciting time of my life. And it's really a confidence builder. Like I can't speak for, Mm -hmm. but I can speak for myself the last eight months while my husband was deployed. I was living by myself for eight months. Yes. And there is a lot of like empowerment in that. Mm -hmm. Like I remember the first, probably first couple months, I was terrified every night. I was like, okay, this is the night you've prepped for this your entire life. Someone's going to come in. They're going to kill you. You've prepped for this every single night. That's dark. it was a full on, like, tw- I've seen this in 2020. This is, they've been watching me. I, every single night, I'd be like, you've prepped your entire life for this. Those self-defense classes when you were 16 years old, the Taekwondo and Mount Olive, New Jersey are going to come in handy. Remember the times that you would FaceTime me? Yes. <laughs> when I would be literally with just my little bedroom light on, I would FaceTime you in the middle of the night. And I'd be like, so I think I'm having an anxiety attack. Yeah. And I think that's what this feels like. So I just need to be on the phone with you. But as time went on, I reassured myself, you are in fact not going to be on 2020 this week. Like you (laughs) know, Jack, that is a pipe. It's not someone breaking into the house. I mean, but I also have to like recognize those are real fears as a woman by yourself at night. Absolutely. But I feel as if when you're alone, we build up these fears, which turn irrational then. For like, sure. These people have been watching my house. 100%. Have they? No. It, yeah. Absolutely not. Yeah. So living by yourself, just getting that courage. Yes. Because as time went on, I was like, I got this. I was like, pick my house. You picked the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I mean, then it's like, okay, well, you're still sticking with like a completely irrational narrative, but at least it's like a positive, strong spin now, right? God bless if we ever get kidnapped. Those people are going to be like, these girls don't Oh, they're going to return us in four hours. During. Maybe. I'm convinced we'd be the worst ones. Be fun. <laughs> but in all seriousness. In all seriousness. Yeah, I mean, we're coming down to the last couple of days of me being in my apartment, packing up, and then I'm moving in with my significant other. Which is crazy how much can change. It just goes to show you in just a year. Yes. Like a year ago, you were just like signing your lease for this place. And now you're moving in with your boyfriend. Yes. And after all that you've been through. Yes. And I want to emphasize that is if, I truly believe if I didn't do the work, if I didn't recognize, if I didn't change my paths, I would be continuing the same patterns for myself. Yeah. But I decided to take control of my life finally. And I am so happy of how it turned out. And it's been so fun to witness. Yeah. I I always think back to us driving back from packing up, not even talking in the car. And oh my gosh, no. Not being able to see out the rear view because of how the boxes. We didn't talk the entire car ride home. And I remember mm-hmm. that night we, in true Jack and Casey fashion, popped a bottle of wine. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like, we will forever be friends because of that moment. Yeah, I mean, we're tied now. But also, like you said, I was homeless. I lived with you. <laughs> That's just, this is just the beginning. Yes. <laughs> and we will dive into what, five months you live with me total, almost six. It was six months. It was half a year. Mm-hmm. And boy, the memories that were made and we will 
share in the coming episodes because that is an entire separate entity of when we were living together with my husband. Oh, God bless. So I guess being homeless was kind of fun. You know, <laughs> I mean, they, we definitely made the best of it. That's for sure. We did. The, the whole band was together. The band. Yep. But what that said, we are so thankful in this new year to continue mm -hmm. the JK Not Really podcast and journey. And again, I, I feel like I say it every episode, but we are truly just getting started. Absolutely. You Stay have tuned. no idea what's coming. Boop, boop, boop. See you later.